Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh, you are far away. <laughs> and that is not what our podcast name is. <laughs> um, hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. Called A Close Distance, which we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are still. I know. I feel we like are. we're close we're close in this way and we're physically distant in the other way. Yeah. I know. I just thought I'd try to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really work. That's fine. Ah! Episode 13. Oh. Oh, I didn't realize it was number 13. Unless I'm mistaken. Oh. Oh, I have no oh. idea. I would have had to check. I think you're probably right. <laughs> um, there's a puppy at the door. <laughs> okay, I'm recording a podcast right now, Mom. Hello, oh, Mom. Thank you. Nicole says hi. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I ran up to some people's house and went inside with these two little children. Oh. Oh. Aw. Okay, I'll be I'll be there. Just text before you come. Okay. Aw, little Ruby got dropped off. Cute. She just, she just went for a walk with the parents, the grandparents. Aw. <laughs> four legged <laughs> four legged grandchild. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um episode thirteen. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Long trip with a puppy. Oh my goodness, I was so worried. How'd it go? Um, it went really well, like all things considered. It was uh, nerve-wracking, of course, and I didn't like the thought of her being in a crate for so many hours and in a scary place, but um, she was unfazed. <laughs> no way. Wow. So chill in the crate in the airport, getting you know going, and then when I picked her up uh, from the you know oversized baggage area, totally f- unfazed, unfazed. Great, that's so, great. That's great. That was a relief. Um, the fl- flying was weird. Um, uh, mm-hmm. One thing that I didn't really recognize when I was thinking about this trip was that. <clears throat> Yes, there's a lot. The airports are definitely a lot quieter, mm-hmm. obviously, but there's also a huge understaffing problem because everyone's been laid oh, off. Oh yeah, yep. So it was a, a very slow um, and stressful start because I was worried there was such a big lineup at the Air Canada, you know, kiosk, and it's just one of those like side effects where you're like, oh yeah, right. Um, there might be fewer people, but there's also fewer people to take care of us. And um, the people that are there to take care of us are, are you know, these frontline workers doing their best, but they're taking the brunt of a lot of probably oh, yeah. um, oh miserable God. travelers. Um, yes, yeah, it was, definitely. It was, it, was not, it was not, it was not that pleasant. It was fine. It was, it was... <clears throat> 
it felt like flying has changed, right? Like it's not like you get to just sit in your chair and, and enjoy the view and you get fed and you get drinks and whatever. It's like none of that. Like you're, you're sitting. It's very functional. Like yeah. it's very functional. There's no, no service of any kind. Water bottles. That's all we got. So, um, but yeah, here we are. We made it. Um, we were, were quarantining, um, as, as best we can. There's, there's, it's so interesting in BC. There's no, it's, it's one of the fewest amount of cases of COVID in, in Canada, mm -hmm. this province. So there's just a different approach. Like people aren't really wearing masks, um, on the street and stuff. Like it's, I think in stores, there's a little bit, but not, not it's what interesting. I hear. I mean, yeah. the East Coast also had very few cases uh, in New Brunswick, but I hear the opposite, that everyone's being uh. really, like, just cautious and, like, still wearing yeah. masks and stuff. Good. But still, Good. like, I think it's pretty relaxed. Like, my, I know my parents are on the beach with their friends today um, celebrating Canada Day, and, um, like, a big group of them are on the beach which is relatively safe. There's a lot of yeah. space to spread out and it's uh, the air, <laughs> the outdoor air. Um, mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, every, I, it's really, um, it's just different everywhere and uh, mm -hmm. people's levels of even believing that it's happening are Mm -hmm. are also different, you know, yeah. which yeah. I find pretty disturbing. Um, but I know people who don't think it's anything. Even people who are, like, going to council meetings in Texas and Florida and, and mm. like, these are starting to become epicenters for the virus right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, like the cases are huge in the States and mm -hmm. people are still arguing about wearing a mask and it's mm -hmm. incredible. I find that part just, it's the, 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 it's the very least we can do. It's so easy. We might've talked about this last week, but it's just, it blows me away that this is where people are finding this strange, um, freedom taken away as though it's imp like, a, like it's some big issue like first mm -hmm. they make you wear a mask and then they what like make you <laughs> like work on a farm for free or something like mm -hmm. i don't know ah <laughs> oh, it's just bizarre i find it so bizarre even if you don't believe in it just wear a mask to protect yeah, others yeah 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 exactly as though there's like a bad exactly. flu <laughs> yeah yeah and like like yesterday was the longest I've ever worn a mask, right? Because it mm -hmm. was like before oh, I got yeah. in, before I got in the airport and then, um, until I got home. So that, that you know, that's a huge amount of time. Like I, I left, we arrived at the airport at, uh, 6am mm -hmm. and then the flight was six hours and, you know, an hour and a half on each end. So it was, I don't know, 10 hours total wearing a mask nonstop so you basically. couldn't take it out like you have to wear it when you're in the airport yeah and in the airplane yeah the airplane um, makes sense i feel like indoor spaces 
That makes sense. Yeah. Oh no, totally. But yeah. it was just interesting because it was it was a ten hours stretch of it's wearing it. A long it. time. And um, <laughs> this is a funny story. So I had not slept much the night before, like just because I had to get the house ready for the subletters and packing and mm-hmm. Ruby and the we had to wake up at five a.m. <clears throat> and anyways, it was just a short sleep. So I'm in the air, not feeling great, and. Um, I start falling asleep, which is a blessing. Um, and I woke up and my mask was like covered in drool. Like I had this And nobody saw. No. Because it was inside the mask. So no then it was fine. <laughs> oh, like, that's really oh, funny. Man. Oh, and then you had to keep wearing it though. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I'm, oh, another thing that was funny is that, like, so I'm, um, I got this free upgrade to business because of the credits that I have in my thing, my, my, my flight, not, my aeroplane stuff, because I thought, well, why don't I upgrade now? I, I, these credits expire, and I don't know when the next time I'm going to fly is, right? Oh, so yeah. I might as well. Yeah. So I do, and I thought, oh, well, it'll be great. Like, who knows what kind of service will be on business? Turns out, basically none. Um, mm-hmm. You get a water bottle and you get this little um, <clears throat> shitty pack of snacks, which is like really shitty. Like I couldn't eat. I didn't want to eat more than half of it. Like the rest of it was gross. Um, that was it for six hours. And, and like, I didn't ask them like at the beginning, like, what's the service like? Like I just went with it. Right. And just went, you know, mm-hmm. took what I could. Um, and I started like about an hour and a half into the flight. I started smelling coffee and I was like, oh, geez, we get coffee. Like, I was getting all <laughs> excited. And, I, and then the coffee didn't come. And I was like, I swear I, I, I smell coffee. And so the flight attendant walked by me and I said, excuse me, um, is there coffee that we get? And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's <laughs> ours. Like, the flight attendant's have their own coffee. We can't. It was like a thermos that I was smelling. Um, wow. and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, but we can't even brew our own coffee. We have to bring our own. And, uh, yeah, sorry. Wow. Talk about air circulation. Oh yeah. It's a good thing you were wearing a mask. Oh, totally. Good point. Also, like I was freezing cold. There were no blankets. Mm. There's no nothing. Everything yeah. has just been stripped and, uh, you just sit there basically. Um, ah, <sighs> Yeah. So, oh, that is so intense. Mm-hmm. But everyone, everyone was spaced out. Everyone was spaced out. That's okay? good. Um, which was great. The, today, Mark Chantal, my, our friend who works for Air Canada as a flight attendant, <clears throat> I met up with her last night in Vancouver. She's flying back to Montreal. Today is the first day that Air Canada has opened up the whole plane. Yeah. And it's full. Yeah. Today, oh, the flight from, Mon- from Vancouver to Montreal is full. 330 people. Full. So she was like, oh, geez, it's going to be crazy. And, and, and the same understaffed planes yeah. and, and airports. Um, so. Oh, that is so intense. There's even cases mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia right now for, because of a traveler who went mm. outside of Canada. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, and somebody, I, I don't know if it was an airplane for the second case, but they were in contact with that person, but um, clearly they flew, you know? 
Oh, yeah. But once they start packing planes again like that, it's this is where this is where it becomes apparent and obvious that it's for money, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they have plenty of planes. They have plenty of staff who are laid off that they could call back in and put on, you know, separate that into three planes. Oh, yeah. They can't yeah. do that because of money. They, I know they have rehired lots of, like, separate, like, I know they recalled, I don't know, 300 new flight attendants, I, I just heard. They're, they are they are bringing more stuff on. Yeah. But, That's um, good. Anyways. Blah, blah, blah. Airlines, airlines, airlines. Um, so. <laughs> oh, oh, air, oh. They mentioned airlines. Don't want to go back on. <laughs> Don't want to go back on the plane. Played it cool. <laughs> Ruby played it cool for you, but she does not want to go back. <laughs> That's fair. We won't do that. Won't She'll do forget that. about driving it. driving home. I know. I hope she does. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're driving home. So that's she gonna won't. be great. Did you get your new car? I did. I did. Yep. Well, Ruby likes the car. Ruby nope. likes the car. <laughs> it's um, it. It's bright blue. Oh. Okay, that's enough. That's enough out of you. It's bright blue. Um, I will send you a photo. And did, yeah, did I, you name her yet? Um, no, I. I'm thinking Chantal and I named her Seabreeze. <laughs> that sounds great. You know, I named my, my, um, the greenery that my parents grow that I take home sometimes. Uh huh. Uh, I named that oh. Ocean Breeze. Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah. Seabreeze sounds great. It's okay. as cheesy as the color that I'm imagining. <laughs> You got it. You got it. Um, okay, so tell me, Nicole, how has life been this last week in uh, during the pandemic for you? It's been an interesting week. Okay. Um, again, still really struggling to stay focused mm-hmm. um, and motivated. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm really... Yeah, it just, I just, I, I mean, I surrendered to it a long time ago. I just, mm-hmm. um, I'm still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I drew, um, I drew this parody of the Sonic Youth cover. I don't know if okay. you saw it on nope. my Instagram. It, so, so this album by Sonic Youth called Goo had its 30th anniversary last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of people started drawing these like parodies of the cover. Mm-hmm. And some of them were really funny, like, like Trump and Putin. <laughs> Cause it's an mm-hmm. image. Uh, it's an, it's a photograph. It's a drawing by Raymond Pettibon who uh, it, it, he did a, it, this cover of it's like two people and, and some words and anyway, I won't get into it. It's a, it's an iconic cover. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so all these parodies started showing up. So I made a parody of one mm-hmm. um, uh, of it. And, and I put um, two people killed by cops 
uh, as the two people in it and and changed mm-hmm. the wording and um and Kim Gordon reposted it today. No, no, she didn't. Yeah, she did, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Wow. And somebody contacted me today from Oakland. It was the first person who asked. There's been a couple people after who have asked, um, but I already said yes to this person. But they asked if I would release the image so they could make shirts and sell them <gasps> for like no all the profits going to the families and and bail um bail funds so no yeah it's really cool and so shut up i don't have like the only thing is like i don't know because no one's making any money on this like i don't know how it works with the fact that it's like a, a remix of a drawing that another artist did but i know that that image belongs to sonic youth and Mm -hmm. kim obviously reposted it in favor of it um so i'm assuming that it would be fine i don't know if it would be me who would be responsible for that or the person making the shirts um anyway it's something i'm gonna have to navigate if this actually if people actually buy them which i think they will because people keep asking Oh, Nicole, this is so awesome. It's so cool, though. Like, people are really... Congrats. Yeah. Holy, what a cool thing that you did. And even, I love, even I like, love this story. Uh, even Mark Jacobs said it was amazing on the comments. <laughs> oh, I was like, that's, that's cool. That's, that's the, the Mark Jacobs. It says the in front of the name. <laughs> and a little check mark. Oh. <laughs> holy that's pretty cool this is a big deal it's cool it's the kind of thing too that's like you know i struggle to even like physically i struggle to physically show up when it comes Mm. to like Mm. protests Mm. and things like that Mm. i hate crowds Mm. Mm -hmm. i'm much more of an introvert when Mm -hmm. it comes to that kind of thing it Mm -hmm. like you know i only started really going to things like the borough council to speak mm. to to the politicians about important things when it came to like our our ball field and stuff that was mm-hmm. the first time that i had had to ever do something like that and and it was mm-hmm. horrifying and when i mm-hmm. went even to talk about my eviction i was like you know when you i don't know if you experience this but like in public speaking it's something that happens like fight or flight but you just start uncontrollably shaking while you speak Mm, mm. and like that's how I get when I'm at a mic Mm -hmm. in front of people Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. this form of like being able to use my art in a way that is like really constructive in the sense that people are able to reshare these images that I'm making of you know people who've been killed by police or people who I've been inspired by who also inspire other people. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just the nature of like, there are ways that all of us can help. We all have skills that we can share. Some of us are just louder than mm-hmm. others, you know? So it's, it's nice to see that something really, really cool might come out of this just by one mm-hmm. little drawing, you know? Well, and how encouraging like to you like it's really cool there's I think the the kind of takeaway from this story is that there's there's all different ways to show up absolutely there's all different ways to be a leader like in the workshops and I work with youth 
Like I, I tell them, um, you know, leadership doesn't just look like the premier of the territory or the province mm -hmm. or the chief. Like there's, there's so many different ways that we can be leaders. We can be quiet leaders. We can be positive role models by example, not like preaching our message, but just silently kicking ass and providing an example of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of, yeah, like I think about that, like in terms of being sober, like I don't scream from the mountaintops that I'm sober. I don't have a sober podcast. I don't like mm -hmm. publish a blog about being sober, but I just am doing that. And I'm hoping, but I, I do hope that it inspires other people. Yeah. Um, and, and there's way, yeah, you can go to a protest, you can organize the protest, you can speak at the protest, you can be like a loud member at the, at the protest, you can be on the sidelines at the protest, you don't even have to go to the protest if you don't want to, but yeah. like what you're, what you're saying is that you're, you're, you're showing up, you're showing up in ways that you want to, that make you feel comfortable and that are empowering to you and feel good to you. And it's so awesome when that's resonating. And, and I think people you know, can actually stay true to their you know if people are actually really doing this work like mm -hmm. anti-racist work and mm -hmm. they genuinely feel it but they are scared of crowds or they mm -hmm. are unable to like honestly i tried to do i even tried to make phone calls mm -hmm. um and i hung up like it's mm -hmm. so like i mm. i find it really i find it really scary and it's and i know that it's like this is privilege speaking as well like i can hang up and all this stuff but it's like, you know, I'm willing to try again, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I definitely have other skills that can come into play that can hopefully make a difference. So mm -hmm. and I think that's something like people forget because, you know, you read all these things telling you what to do or, or people get defensive, you know, when, when they hear black voices telling them they're privileged or all these like. People have all sorts of emotions surrounding mm -hmm. all of this right now. And oh, I just think it's really important to like listen and step back, but know that like you are also a human in this world and you can do something. You, mm -hmm. you, there is something you can do. There's something all of us can do. And that's all that people are asking us mm -hmm. to do as white people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was, um, I was in the country last week and I was thinking about how uh, just because it, things were just moving in my head and listening to podcasts and reading this new book and about anti-racism and, and just thinking about how utterly absurd it is that white people would ask people of color or black people what to do now oh my God. when it's white people that set the whole system <clears throat> up. It's so absurd. <laughs> like It's absurd to the point that they have written books. They have made documentaries. There are movies. Like, there is so much at our fingertips. Who the hell are we to even... To one, even but, one question. No, but okay, I'll give you an example. Say, say we're talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. It, it's like asking the freed slaves, or no, not even freed slaves. It's asking the slaves, the current slaves. Um, okay, we see that maybe this wasn't the best idea to, to start slavery, but now that we've started it, the ball's rolling. Mm -hmm. Now, slaves, tell us how we should stop this whole system. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just so absurd yeah. that we would be 
why why would it why would it be ever their job to to help us totally totally figure it out yeah. figure out the problem that we started it's it's just totally yeah. misled and completely ridiculous and and it's yeah anyways i think i was just saying that um just to, just sort of adding to your point was just that because these questions have constantly been asked mm-hmm. to black people and people mm-hmm. of color because mm-hmm. it's just it's constant for decades mm-hmm. uh that that people of color have already done the work mm-hmm. that's you know like it's, it's just there's just no there's no way that uh there's just no way but up by for now. Like we can't, mm-hmm. we can't go back. We have to keep the momentum because Donald Trump is not going anywhere mm-hmm. right now. I don't know what's going to go on down there, but oh, yeah, it's a, it's a big, big fucking mess mm-hmm. and we're at fault. And I just, even reflecting when I posted that, um, did we t- I feel like we might have talked about this already. Maybe I shouldn't. Like, no, we did talk about this last week. But just like our experience of just like really not learning the right things, really not learning real history at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, just you. We all have so much more to learn. Yep. You just have to embrace it instead of reject mm-hmm. it. God. Yes. Or, yeah. or just remain neutral. Don't, like, that's not what we want. We don't want people being neutral about it mm-hmm. or thing it. Um, we need to be proactive about it for sure. In our many um, ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So episode 13. So is 13 good luck or bad luck? <laughs> <laughs> it's good luck according to me. I don't know about you. That's fine. I'll go with that. <laughs> it was my basketball number. Oh, yeah. So I'm into it. That makes sense. You played basketball. You're you're very tall. <laughs> were you always tall when you were playing basketball? Were you I, tall? I, didn't, I didn't think I was, but I, 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 looking at photos, I clearly was okay. very tall. I am 5 foot 10, which I just learned is 6 inches taller than the average woman significant Um, yeah yeah it is it is yeah it's it's interesting to be tall um i loved basketball and it's a good game and i really during the pandemic really enjoyed the new netflix show the last dance with uh michael jordan and scotty pippen somebody else recommended that it's the best thing ever made it's, it's, I, I, that's an exaggeration, I think, but it's just a fantastic look at a really interesting and important time in basketball history, um, through the best team ever, um, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr and just like a, a dream team. And they were so influential on my life as a teenager growing up in that exact time in the, in the mm. like mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. And everyone loved MJ, you know, it was like, he was such a hero to us. And like, we weren't American. We weren't playing in like the big leagues in the States, like at all, but we, it, his, his reach 
was so impressive and really he, he really like stood for being a really dedicated, determined, um, <sighs> incredible athlete who inspired so many kids. Yeah. Big so time. And so this, this, this documentary is looking at the, the history and like the backstory behind this team and how they were forcibly basically broken up after their sixth championship. And I had no idea. Huh. I had no idea. As a kid, I just, MJ retired, you know, I didn't know the backstory. And so you really get the, the details and why and how, and this, all this footage of them in the locker room and MJ is this like young hot thing and smoking cigars and playing the piano and just being like <laughs> this insane, um, basketball player who no one really has ever compared to like, he's just this legend. And, and like, there's all these books that have been written about him. People have really analyzed, like, what was it about him? Like, it wasn't just pure athleticism. Mm -hmm. He really had this ability to just stay in the moment uh, and just basically be in a meditative state. He was never distracted. He was always on the game and determined to win the game and just was I so love that. It's so, I feel like, I mean, I only started watching sports when I started playing ball, not, mm -hmm. uh, not, not basketball, baseball and softball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. both I think are referred to as ball. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, but it's interesting to sort of observe, um, just even human behavior and why some people are so beloved in those, in those mm -hmm. fields. Um, because for me, as someone who is not competitive, um, like I play to win, but I don't care if we lose. Like I don't feel mm -hmm. it drastically the way a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it at the field the other day too, just this new kid who showed up um, who is exceptionally good. He is just mm. unbelievable on the field. He is hitting home runs at bat and he is just a, like, you can tell he's just a nice soul and apparently a musician too. Like he pr plays the bass or something or the upright bass. Um, but he hit a home run mm. and you know, everyone's cheering and, and, but he, it's like, I honestly, to me, there's nothing more attractive than a humble home run <laughs> and how they're, 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 oh. you know, they're not celebrating in a way that's like, like, I also play with people who hit a home run and they stand there and stare at it. Then they flip their bat and they're just like, it's out of here. Yeah, <laughs> and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's impressive yeah. <laughs> at all. So yeah. it's just really, it's interesting because it's, I feel like part of the spirit of sports is being able to balance that competitive side with like mm -hmm. being humble about your skills and just being in the zone. So when you mm -hmm. say that, like, I'm not surprised this like legendary basketball player might've had similar traits. Not that he didn't celebrate or something. I'm just like imagining it in the sense of like being in the zone and like, meditative mm -hmm. about it he was meditative he was in the zone he was incredibly strong and talented for sure 
but he was also super competitive and um a bully and that's and 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 michael jordan didn't he was very apprehensive about this series coming out because it really does show the side of him that I don't think many people know. That's really interesting. Before this documentary came out, like he was, he would chastise his his team members, and and in the in the documentary, he's interviewed about it, going like, "What what was up with that?" And he would say, "Like I wanted to light like fire under their ass to like be mm-hmm. be a better player, and I would do whatever it took to get them to to push them, to push them, to push them, and I would I would." like tease them and taunt them if they made mistakes i would try to push like and obviously like that didn't work for a lot of people and he pissed off a lot of people and um he got away with a lot because he was michael jordan for sure yeah his explanation of it you know he was like i i would do anything and i still would do anything to win and that I just, that was my strategy. Of so funny. I find that so, I'm not surprised at all. Like I was just making mm-hmm. assumptions based on my, on mm-hmm. what you said about like meditative. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it's so funny how uh, like people who, who do actually get motivated by negative reinforcement, uh, actually thinking it works on everybody is, is hilarious. Like I find that hilarious because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's such a detrimental way of, of inspiring people for a lot of people like yeah people treat me like that i'm walking off the field like, yeah sure. <laughs> i don't give a shit but, and, but and, and his and his justification was if you can't handle this heat you can't handle the court like it's going to be a so lot funny. worse on the court and a lot of people think not like by that. me yeah yeah yep. no totally and and he can say we won six nba championships yeah you know with me as this kind of bully leader totally. and it worked and it worked in some way. So it's, it's really interesting and complicated. And I just have a much fuller picture of who MJ was and is. Um, and also like Scotty Pippen, who was like in the shadows of Michael Jordan, but was, has a totally different approach. You know, he's the quiet, the silent second, you know, the, the really strong support for MJ and, is so gracious and humble and and just he was paid so poorly com- like as he was argue like the se- second best player in the NBA at the mm-hmm. time um he was paid like the hundredth in terms of pay well um, even though he was so so good but he still played and still anyways I I, I could go on and on it's just really interesting and it's great TV and it's the <laughs> his soundtrack is all this amazing nineties hip hop. It's like, this was the golden era of basketball and hip hop together. Right. And like, and then running shoes like MJ and the air Jordans, like all that, like they go into that history and how running shoes were not a thing. They were not, they were not fashionable. They were just worn by athletes yeah. and how he made, he, this brought, MJ brought them into pop culture and they've remained and they're super, super popular, obviously now. Um, wow. They have yeah. remained a long time. Uh-huh. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is. It really is. It really is. I, yeah. Can't, can't recommend it enough. The last I'll watch dance. It. I'll totally the last watch dance. it. 
Like to give you an idea. Okay. I have to say, so when I was 15, I was sent away to a summer camp for three weeks by my parents and it was a leadership and training uh, summer camp. Mm -hmm. There were like 12 of us for three weeks together. Um, We would alternate organizing like event, like, like hiking trips for the whole group. Like we would be in charge for the three day trip and we'd have to organize all the meals and who was doing what and equipment. Um, And one of the trips that we did was a solo. So we were individually put in spots in this, this forest in the middle of nowhere um, by ourselves for 24 hours. We were 15 (laughs) and we were given like, we were given a rope and a piece of plastic as our shelter. And I imagine we must have had our sleeping bags, but that was it. And we got food delivered to us um, three times in those 24 hours. And then we had to answer a series of questions like, who are we? Describe ourselves at this current moment. Uh, What do we want to do in life? And one of the questions that really stuck out to me was, what is the biggest concern in my life right now? And they said, after we filled out this form, um, in 10 years, they were going to mail it to us. <laughs> and they did, 10 years later. And me, my 15-year-old self, in the woods, by myself, I wrote, the biggest concern of my life at that moment was that MJ was retiring. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, I had no recollection, <laughs> totally forgot. And then I get this letter in the mail and I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. That's so funny. I'm like, I would have been like 12 or 13 when you were doing that. And I was actually probably mm-hmm. buying that CD, Goo, <laughs> the Sonic Youth mm-hmm. CD. Oh, no way. <laughs> totally. In like grade nine. Yeah. That's so cool. Under Pizza Delight CD store. <laughs> like a used CD <laughs> store under Pizza Delight. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just funny That's that you say that because I was just thinking, I was like, what was I doing when Jesse was 15? Yeah. <laughs> but I was in Scouts oh. at that time. So we were doing similar things. But I was only in Scouts because I really liked camping and canoeing. Girls could join Scouts? I joined the first year girls could join Scouts <gasps> when I was in grade that is so cool. seven. I think it was grade oh, seven. I didn't know that. They, can they still do? Yeah. Can they still join? Yeah, oh, we were great. the first. Yeah. Because hmm. girl guys is not the same thing at all. I think, didn't girl guides just file for bankruptcy or something? Oh, I have no I idea. I folded recently. And brownies. I was a brownie for a while. Yeah, I never did any of that. I just joined Scouts. and there was... Scouts was way better. It was great. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It went... sounds way better. I went to Thunder Bay <laughs> for the Scout, what is it called? Oh, my God, Jamboree. Jamboree. It's called a Jamboree. I remember walking around and, uh, and yelling at adults that they were killing themselves with cancer sticks when they were smoking. So I said lots of things, and later I tried smoking. (laughs) You got right into smoking. (laughs) So funny to like look back at that and Mm. think 
just just we just make so many contrary decisions in our lives you know yeah but you know what in the 90s i don't know if you i don't know if you did this but like we were all into the body shop and like anti-animal testing yep like i feel like that was the same era it was it was totally and i would definitely use body shop yes products body shop oh my god white musk i'll never forget that smell oh, i remember being a teenager oh. and discovering their jojoba cream and it was the only thing that made me not have greasy <laughs> bangs at school <laughs> and then they discontinued it and i thought it I was like this is the end of my life oh my god wow because <laughs> i couldn't i was just a greasy kid and i wouldn't mm-hmm. couldn't shower at night because then i'd have greasy bangs but i was like mm-hmm. man i should have just embraced it because I was totally like a grunge kid. Yeah, right. I was thinking that. I was like wearing chucks and listening to Sonic Youth. I should just let my hair be greasy and been like, fuck all y'all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you are in my head. You did that in my head. <laughs> I imagine you like that. What a funny, what a um, funny thing to be young. It's a funny thing to be young without the internet. Oh, Yeah. There's... I feel like we really lucked out and got to live our lives as kids and teens without the internet for the most part, like a little bit, but mostly no. Yeah, we got, I mean, my dad got the first Mac in the eighties, but obviously no internet. Mm-hmm. But I think we got internet as soon as it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely like, I just think about, the things that we preoccupied ourselves with Mm -hmm. just such a, especially we're both only children. We had to play Mm -hmm. with ourselves and for Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I did. I had, I'd like play Barbies by myself and ponies. I'd make my own Barbie houses with like a ton of tape on the floor to make Mm -hmm. rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just, I can see all it really clear in my head. All of it. I had this, I had this little tape player that was like, it looked like it was long and flat and it popped up like the tape player, you know, you, you, you popped it out yeah. and then you slid the tape in and you put it down and I would play tapes with songs that I really liked and I would write out the lyrics by hand. Yep. I did that too. Did you? Okay. Sure I did. I also would like sit next to the radio with my uh-huh. two fingers on yep. record, yep. waiting for yep. the songs I yep. liked. Yep. <laughs> so I could have a tape of all the songs I liked. And you never know. And then you'd like oh. get on the phone and try to get in, like get your request in. Oh my God. So funny. There was this like top 40 of the week with like some guy named Sonny or some, he was some American guy every week. And I would record that. It was like the top. Um, and then it it uh, school dances. We would we there was this thing where when you were slow during a slow dance, they would like stop the music and choose a couple that were the winners and give them a single cassette. They both won a single cassette. What? Yeah, I remember Prince. I won a, a Prince tape. Pearls, Pearls and Diamonds, or what's that song called? Diamonds and Pearls. I, I have that. It's a single. It's such a little single. It's so cute. Oh, man, I remember my, I feel like my first slow dance 
I said like no to all the boys. I didn't want to go to any dances. I hated it. <laughs> um, and then when I finally said yes to a slow dance, which took everything in me to say yes, I didn't know what fucking song it would be. And I have to swear, sorry. But it ended up being Stairway to Heaven. Yes! 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 <laughs> Which is what, it looks like, how long is that song? <laughs> it was the And anything is over halfway through. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I had the exact, I slow danced with Andrew Fleming. Andrew Fleming, if you're listening to this. <laughs> and it was, like, the hottest day of my high school career, like, Slow dancing with him to Sarah to Heaven. And then I thought the song was over. I pulled away and he held me close because it wasn't <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, Man, I had a crush on that guy. Oh, mine was with Zach Melanson and he was my... <laughs> Zach Melanson was the boy who, who lived across the street from me. I grew up with him. He was... He's in a video of my fifth birthday. He was four years old. I played like G.I. Joe's and marbles with them. Like this <laughs> other kid, Jody. It was like three boys across the street and me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. grew up together. We ended up going to the same elementary school, high school, and art school. Oh, wow. Yeah. He got married a few years ago, I think like 2017 or something. And um, and I went and we've, we've stayed close oh, wow. all these years. It's, it's a, cool. Such is my longest friendship. Um, wow. but I remember us being, I can't remember where we were. We went on some kind of camping or like, I don't know what, <laughs> like our whole class went somewhere together, like our mm -hmm. whole grade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember this girl, Amanda, like asking me if I had a crush on him, like mm -hmm. basically whispering in my ear. And then she went to ask him. If mm -hmm. he had a crush, whispering, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. she just both like brought us together and said, "Okay, you you you're going out now." Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. And I think that lasted a week, and then we never spoke about it again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that was. Funny. I also had. I think. I think like the moment I discovered that I was a sexual creature was at a summer camp. And there was a slow dance and the song was Dreamweaver. And I, I danced with someone and I just remember like feeling like, oh my God. That's like, a good I, song. I know. It's a great song for a slow dance. Yeah. That's a good, that's a perfect song. Dreamweaver. <laughs> I'm going to try and add that to the beginning and end of this podcast. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, you know what? It's, it's time to wrap up. Oh, it is. I could talk this about this. This is really nice. I know. <laughs> I have all these other stories. Maybe next time we can just talk about that for fun. This is a great trip down memory lane. <laughs> down good. analog memory lane. Oh, yeah. We've got lots more. Teenage memories. Oof. That's awesome. Um, Nicole, it's really great talking to you. You too. As always. Until next time. Well, I'll talk Until to you in, in a week. Next uh, I'll talk to you in a week. Take care in Montreal and I'll. Same to you. Go visit I'll the ocean for me. Okay. Find, I will. Find me a whale. Tonight. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.